All right, Leviticus chapter 19. Leviticus chapter 19. We're going to get all of three verses covered today. Maybe. Okay. I told Dan it's going to be short, and then I giggled. <laughs> so you know what that means. All right. Um, Leviticus chapter 19. If I were to put a theme verse to the book of Leviticus, it's found right here in verse 2. Um, and uh, we've seen this already, whether it is through the offerings, through the priest's garments, through uh, God's uh, dictation of some of our behaviors like we're talking about. Uh, his goal is to set us apart. He says, come out from among them. Uh, he is trying to do something. And he, this is even the name of the book, the book of Leviticus, that which pertains to the Levites. It is the book of the priesthood. Okay, And as a priest of Jehovah God Almighty, you are supposed to live differently than the rest of the world. And we have seen this already just recently. We talked about foods that you would eat and bless and things to represent God. And we talked about the fact that every time you put nourishment into your body, you should be thankful that God is in control and he keeps us alive every single day. Amen. Every heartbeat, every breath is because of God. And every nourishment, he is the sustainer and the provider. We talked the last two weeks about some other difficult subjects that God has given to us. But today, we're going to start this chapter. And um, I don't know how long we're going to be here, because there are quite a few uh, standards that God sets forth. If I were to title this little subsection here in chapter 19, I called it Standards for Daily Holiness. Okay, we've been talking about many things as a religious understanding of principles but he gives us concrete, everyday things that you and I ought to be doing here in chapter 19. Okay, um, And again, I hope that is an understanding of your Christian walk, your life as a Christ-like one. Um, I have a problem sometimes with the phrase religious, because people throw that around quite often. Uh, and they consider themselves religious because maybe they give some money or maybe they do a couple of God-like uh, commandments once in a while. But it has never been God's plan. God's plan has always been every moment of every day you represent him. It is not just something on a Sunday morning from 9.30 to 12, uh, and then the rest of the week is your own. Um, and unfortunately, we can fall into that category if we're not careful. But there are a lot of people in Christendom who do that. They set aside maybe an hour a week for God, and then the rest of the time, you bump into people who know them, and they'll say, really, they go to church? I wouldn't have guessed that, because the rest of their life. Well, God is really a practical God, and we talked about that the last couple of weeks, that God is real, and he deals with real issues of life. And uh, we're going to look in this chapter at quite a few daily, routine kind of behaviors that you and I ought to put into our life to reflect the kind of God he is. Now also, we're going to read the passage, the little phrase that we focused on for the last couple of weeks, because I am the Lord thy God. Okay, and that is our focus. We represent him. He is not just Jehovah, God, all, Lord God Almighty, self-existent, sustaining creator, but he is our God. There's a relationship that is there. So if we have that relationship with God, uh, he, his desire is to set us apart. 
And we talked about that again last week, where Jesus himself, as he's praying for his disciples, he's about to leave them here on this earth by themselves. He's about to do his work of redemption on the cross. And he's praying that prayer in John chapter 17. And he says, Father, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. So he gives us quite a few understandings in his word on how we should set ourselves apart. All right, with all that in mind, I gave you time to get to Leviticus chapter 19. Let's read these first few verses together. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, and here comes as that theme thought for this whole book, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Everything that we've covered up to now and everything we will cover after is this desire for God wanting to set us apart unto him. Remember we looked at don't be like the Canaanites, don't be like the Egyptians, come out from their behaviors, their ordinances, be different. Okay, now, I'm not going to preach that yet. Okay, verse 3. Ye shall fear every man his mother and his father, and keep my Sabbaths, I am the Lord your God. That is as far as we're going to be going today. Because there's understanding that God gives us here that we need to delve into. And uh, we looked at things, uh, the flip side of the coin in Sunday school from the passage that we've heard from one direction, and Dan helped us complete the thought from the other one. We're going to look a little bit about that today in uh, this passage and the way God ties these two things together. So let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for your word and what it teaches us. And Father, I, it's not just because you left us a Bible that has words in it that we can live by. Father, we are to set ourselves apart unto you. We are supposed to live differently than those who are not your children. And Father, you gave us a book. Our Lord and Savior told us Thy word, the truth of this book, is how we set ourselves apart. We sanctify ourselves. Lord, we are holy because we model our lives about this book that was written all about us. And so, Father, I pray that you help us understand these things this morning. Uh, Lord, thank you for the way you tied these two thoughts together. And Lord, sometimes we don't group them together like you did here, and it's uh, a good reminder this morning. So, Lord, I just pray that you would be with my mind and my words. I thank you, Father, that I don't have to be the teacher. I just happen to be the mouthpiece right now. Lord, your Holy Spirit guides us in what we need to know. Your word is true. So use it, Lord, to touch each one of us in what we need to understand. Father, thank you again for such a good morning in your house already. You're a great God. In Jesus' name, amen. So here, God is beginning to give us a little bit of uh, daily practical things. If you go ahead and read this chapter uh, this next week, go ahead. It says you shouldn't offer idols unto, I mean, uh, things of the idol. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not defraud, thou shalt leave parts of your crop from being harvested. God gives a lot of daily behaviors to help set us apart unto him. But these first two I find very interesting that he groups them immediately right next to each other. And it's very important that we understand why. Okay, uh, number one, he says, fear your mother and father, your parents, have that healthy, honest respect. 
and keep the Sabbaths, which I find very unique. And um, we're going to chase this down a little bit through God's word here. Um, but uh, So to do that, I want to first step back and look at the Sabbath. Now, we have defined the Sabbath quite a few times in the book of Leviticus already. I'm not going to take an in-depth look that far. Um, but understand something. Sabbath, uh, the basis behind it is a time of rest. Okay, uh, Genesis chapter 2, it says, And when God had finished creating this universe, on the seventh day he rested. Okay, that is where we first see the concept of this resting on the seventh day. All right, and God rested. But Exodus chapter 12 is where we see this first instituted with God's people. Um, so if you go with me to Exodus chapter 12, and keep your finger here in Leviticus. Well, you got three verses. You probably have them memorized before I can get done with uh, reading Exodus chapter 12. But Exodus chapter 12, we see the institution of the Passover and God first mentions this time about the seventh day, okay? Um, so there is a, a rule of Bible study that says first mention is important. So when God first mentions something in his word, he generally, by an almost 100% standard, keeps that teaching going on through his entire word, okay? Because God is the same. So when he presents something in the scripture, it's generally a continuous flow all the way through to the very end. And God mentions this Sabbath here. Uh, so if you're in Exodus chapter 12, look at verse 15 with me, please. It says, seven days ye shall eat unleavened bread. Even the first day ye shall put away leaven in your houses, and whosoever eateth leaven bread from the first day until the seventh, that shall, soul shall be cut off. Verse 16. And the first day there shall be a holy convocation, and in the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation unto you. No manner of work shall be done, save that which every man must eat, that only may be done for you. And again, he gives more understanding about this uh, time period. But I want you to understand when we're dealing with the Sabbath. And notice in Leviticus, he said, you're supposed to honor your father and mother, fear your father and mother, and keep my Sabbaths, plural. Okay? Because there are more than just the Sabbath day every week. You understand that, right? There are many Sabbaths. Okay, There are Sabbaths of weeks. There are Sabbaths of years. Here we see a Sabbath of the first and the seventh day. Okay, And there, there's where I want to bring this to our attention. Because there's some things about the Sabbath that even occur in our Christian world today that hopefully we'll get a little bit clearer understanding of before we're done. Um, I want you to notice when God is dealing with this, the day that is mentioned first is the first day. So keep that in mind. So many times when we deal with the phrase and the idea of the Sabbath, we jump directly to the seventh day. Notice here where God institutes this. He says there's a first day and then there's a seventh day. And the first day is actually mentioned first in this system. And there's I'm not going to go into a ton of doctrinal implications when it comes to um, this Passover. But understand that the first day is which is when they are starting this celebration of the Sabbath. The, 
shed blood of the Passover lamb, which dealt with sin. Okay, so God makes it very clear this first time we're going to see this seventh day set apart that it is directly tied with the first day. Okay, it is so important. Okay, so keep that in your mind. All right, recycle that one. Okay, that the first day is to tied directly to the seventh day. All right, don't miss that. All right. Um, couple things to keep in mind. Remember, uh, and I was talking to Dan just before service, uh, in our country, uh, we had set apart a day in which no work could be done, uh, and that day was Sunday, okay? And people would say, well, that's because of the Sabbath. Um, please, as a reminder, and this is extremely clear, and I don't want to, uh, you know, mess up anybody's history or understanding of this world or anything, but Sabbath has never been Sunday. Okay, the Sabbath has always been Saturday. Never has been Sunday. Okay, now why is Sunday important? We'll get to that. Don't 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 get all wound up. But Sabbath has always been Saturday. Okay, it has never been anything else. Something else to understand is that up until this time, now understand the Book of Exodus and the Book of Leviticus is. God dictating truth to Moses. That means Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Keith, none of them celebrated the Sabbath. The Sabbath was something that was instituted here for the Hebrews. And now sometimes we don't think of that. We think that the Sabbath is something that has been everybody, all the founding, but no. Even Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, they didn't celebrate the Sabbath. This is something that God institutes as a, post, as a part of his law. All right? A couple of verses, just so we understand this together. We're, just, we're trying to get a little background. We've talked about what the Sabbath is, but sometimes we forget why the Sabbath is. Okay? So if you go to Nehemiah, so flip over to Nehemiah. God gives us a little bit more clear understanding here. Nehemiah chapter 9. I'll get there. Fingers aren't wanting to work this morning. Nehemiah chapter 9, listen to verse 14. And made us known unto them. You with me there? Okay, made us known unto them thy holy Sabbath and commanded them precepts, statutes, and laws by the hand of Moses thy servant. So again, this law that we're given, that uh, this understanding here, is because it was given to Moses, not before Moses. This was something that was given to Moses. Exodus chapter 16, you get your finger back in Exodus, maybe, I don't know. Exodus chapter 16, verse 23. He said, and he said unto them, this is that which the Lord hath commanded, uh, that the Lord hath said, tomorrow is a rest of a holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Okay, bake, uh, bake that which baked today, uh, seed it, and uh, ye shall seed, and that which remaineth over lay up for you to keep to the morning. Again, commandments given to Moses, verse 29 says, See, for the Lord hath given you a Sabbath, therefore, he giveth you six days. 
excuse me, give it to you on the sixth day, the bread of two days, abide ye every man in his place, and no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So again, we're talking about Saturday. We're talking about a commandment given to God's people. And he actually, if you uh, look at uh, Exodus chapter 20, this is probably the most famous passage in the Bible uh, or in the world mentioning the Sabbath because this is what we call the Ten Commandments. And verse 11 says, Six days, for in six days... The Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, or all that in them is, and he rested on the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Verse 12, I just want us to read this while we're here. Honor thy father and mother, that thy days may be long in the land which the Lord thy God hath given thee. Isn't it amazing how in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 3, he starts this commandment by saying, honor your father and mother and keep the Sabbath. Here in the Ten Commandments, it says, God said, I set the Sabbath apart, honor thy father and mother. He ties them together. And that's not the only place. There are other passages in the scripture where these two are sort of sister concepts. And again, if we don't understand it, we think, why? They have nothing to do with each other. Okay, what is the purpose for, that God is doing this? Now, with that in mind, uh, not until Moses understands something else, not for Gentiles. The Sabbath was never something commanded anywhere in the scriptures that the Gentiles would keep it. Now, I will tell you, we're going to read a couple of passages that it says, and those that sojourn with thee, the strangers that sojourn with thee. Again, if you happen to be coming in and, and being with the children of Israel, you were expected to keep the Sabbath. But as soon as you left the children of Israel, you didn't have to keep the Sabbath anymore. Okay, And this is an idea of someone who was being a proselyte of the Jews, meaning you wanted to worship Jehovah. If you were going to start being one of Jehovah's followers, you kept the Sabbath. Right? This is something that was given, but it was never given to the Jews. Uh, excuse me, to the Gentiles. With that in mind, it also was never given to the church. right because understand something you and i are not jews are we he did something amazing with the christian the bible says that he took both jew and gentile and made something brand new and called it a christian okay now with that in mind we uh, wheels are probably turning in your head right because so often you know we're like oh the sunday and we have to be because the sabbath we're going to clear this up here this morning. Look at what you went to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. In dealing with the church. Now I tried to emphasize just a moment ago that this was the law. Those who were before the law, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all those folks. This was not a commandment given to them. This is specifically in the law of Moses. Uh, uh, Colossians chapter 2 and verse uh, 16. We'll go there and then get another word. So Colossians chapter 2, look at verse 16. Uh, we can, and we'll jump down to 20 after. 16, let no man therefore judge you in meat 
or drink, or respect of a holy day, or of a new moon, or of Sabbath days. So God is reminding us through the Apostle Paul, and actually, if you want a good study on this, go to the whole book of Galatians. Okay, because the entire book of Galatians is about the fact that we have liberty in Christ, and we don't have to bind ourselves to all the Old Testament laws. Okay, because they're not for you and I as a believer. Now, before you get crazy, why are we studying the book of Leviticus? Because principles that God is trying to teach us are displayed there. Okay, why did we look at all the sacrifices? Because Jesus Christ is every one of those sacrifices, and he expects that same kind of sacrifice out of us. Not that I'm going to kill a goat here on the altar, but he wants our total sanctification. He wants to have our peace. He wants our sins to be dealt with. Every one of those things are a principle. So there are principles here that we're learning. So even though this says, listen, don't let anybody judge you in Sabbaths or holy days or new moons or meats, and again, not red meat, but meats as in things you chew on versus things you drink. Does that make sense? It says, don't worry about that in, in the church age with God's people. He says, those things aren't as important. Go down to verse 20. Same chapter here. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are you subject to ordinances? Tust not, taste not, handle not, which all are to perish with the using, after the commandments and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. He said, listen, all these things were great laws that God had set up to establish the principle and a behavior that I was using to teach my people, the Hebrews. But none of those things earned you any brownie points with God. He's looking for something else. He wants a principle. We don't have to live by the law anymore. We live by grace. And I'm thankful for that. Ephesians chapter 2, not by works, lest any man should boast. You and I cannot check off enough boxes by keeping our lives up to the Old Testament law to deal with our sin problem. The only way you and I can have a relationship with God is by his grace alone. Okay, we just sang about that. Amazing grace. It is not about following a bunch of rules because there's no way possible. Listen, I, we could just take those 10 rules called the 10 commandments and we mess it up. Let alone probably the next 14 we're going to look at in chapter 19 alone. So if you and I are thinking we need to base our lives on keeping a bunch of rules, it's not going to work. So then why, why is this important about the Sabbath? I'm glad you ask. Keep asking me questions. The sermon will go longer. Okay. <laughs> We have a day of rest because we remember our creator. Now let me let that sink in. The reason you and I, the reason the children of Israel were told to take a day and stop and reflect is they wanted us to remember, God wanted us to remember that we need to recognize that this entire existence we have 
is because Almighty God created it. Now, I don't know about you, but you can be very busy in this life, can't you? And every single day can run into the next. And before you know it, we're surviving on our own power. And you know, one of the problems, especially here in New England, oftentimes, but men are more famous for it, I think, than anything else, is we can handle it ourselves, can't we? By golly, we don't go to the doctor. We don't call somebody to help us fix something at the house. We don't. Why? I got this covered. I can work. I will. I will break my back to take care of this issue. Okay. Which again, I'm proud of. It's great. I love that about us. We we can fix things. But God tells us to take an entire day to remember that this universe exists because Almighty God made it Himself. And it's a very important thing. Now, remember I mentioned food a few minutes ago, and God gave us regulations about food, but then in the New Testament, he said, listen, it's not about not eating pork or not eating shellfish. Or not, it's about remembering that every heartbeat is because God is the sustainer. Well, we stop and remember a Sabbath day to remember that God is creator that on the seventh day he rested from the work that he had done, and he stepped back and saw that it was good. So every time you and I, the Jews in the Old Testament, and you and I, and we'll stop there for a minute because we'll teach a little bit more about that, every time you and I have an opportunity to take a rest, it should be for the purpose reminding ourselves, no matter how hard we work, God is the creator. He has already taken care of everything in this universe that needs to be done. I'm so glad that we don't have to create molecular things to make food or animals or play. God's already taking care of it. It's all here. Look around. I mean, if you're not enjoying leaf peeping season right now, and we talked about this morning, thank the Lord it rained hard last night, but look at it out there this morning. It's beautiful. God is creator. And no matter how hard we make efforts to do things in our lives, if God had not created this world the way he did it, we would be most miserable. Keep that in mind because this ties in so carefully to what we're talking about. He ties these two thoughts together because he tries to remind parents how important it is to sit down with our family and remind one another that God is creator, that God deserves recognition for everything that is in our lives. That's what the Sabbath is all about and compared to this. Now, I know we talked about this, and keep this in mind. This day of rest is still coming in God's picture. So, yeah, we got the day of rest every Saturday. Isn't that great? I don't know about you, but there's some Saturdays, even when I'm resting, I'm not resting. Okay, I, I, I might, it's hard enough getting off the couch on a restful day. Oh, the old bones. Okay, there's still a day of rest. Matter of fact, it's called in many uh, commentaries and things, called the millennial of rest. And we talked about this. And guys, I don't want to reteach it all. I go back. But God's 6,000 years, that 7,000 year, God says, this is going to be 1,000 years of rest. And then we go on into the 8,000 year, which God makes a brand new earth. Yes? Go back and rehearse it. It has always been about God's plan. He's got it all worked out. You know what? I don't have to worry. Matt said this last week, and I know it's a colloquial phrase, but I read the back of the book. We win. 
So when you and I stop, step back and think of the Sabbath, we need to remember God has got it all worked out already. He rested on the seventh day. This church is kind of famous for this. People are kind of famous for this. You get a project 95% of the way done. And then what happens? You look at it unfinished for a while. Now, if you guys are, are the kind of person where you've got to get that thing completed to the very end, more power to you. I was talking to Jake this week. He's working on fencing in his backyard. And he says, I think today will be the day I get it all buttoned up and finished. And I'm like, good for you. But how many times do we get into something and we get the majority of the problem dealt with, but there's just a couple of things we need to finish before it's done. You ever been there? Or is it just me? Okay. I mean, I look at the barn over there, and I, you know, thank the Lord for all the effort put into it. But it's there's parts of it that still need to get finished, all right. But we got the major; it's waterproofed in, it's got electric, it's got all that. Eh, so the siding's not done. You know, we'll look back, we'll get to that someday because something else steps up into the picture. You, you with me, right? Understand something: God on the sixth day finished the work. There wasn't a single thing He had to go. Oh, I'm going to take Saturday off, and then Monday I'll get back to it. Did he? God completed the work. It's done. There isn't a single creative act God has to work into his program because he forgot something. It's, done. it's a completed task. From now until eternity future. It's done. That should be exciting. And when you think of the Sabbath day and there's a Oh, you just sleep in. That's not God's design. God's design was for us to step back and remember, Father, you've done everything that was necessary from beginning to end. You are sovereign. It's all done. You saw that it was good. And I don't have to worry. There's nothing missing. If you and I, as parents, would set that concept in our children... We pass on to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. This is why God ties these things together. He says, listen, you don't fear your mom and dad. Mom and dad, you make sure you take time every week. Set aside some time to remind yourself and your children that God created this universe. It's all worked out. It's all laid out. It's all set. You with me so far? This is why these two things are tied together so closely. So, this means we shouldn't work on Sunday, right? How many of you, uh, well, I was listening to a pastor friend, and uh, he was talking about his grandmother would never play cards on Sunday. You ever have an older generation which, you know, well, we can't, we can go bowling on Saturday, but we're not going to go bowling on Sunday, because that's the Lord's day, that's, that's the Sabbath, we can't do any work on the Sabbath, okay? Um, we don't live by the law. We live by grace. So what happens if you have a day in which you actually need to work on Sunday? How many of you have had schedules in your life where Sunday was part of the day you had to work? Okay? Oh, Father, forgive me because I violate your Sabbath every time I did it. Listen, easy. Okay? The Sabbath, first of all, wasn't Sunday. Second of all, it's not about living under the law. We live under grace. So we don't have to sacrifice the goat here 
but there's a principle God wants us to remember. We don't have to stop everything on a Saturday because it's the Sabbath day, but there's a principle. We ought to take the time and remind ourselves whenever we can, sit back for a moment and ponder the fact that God is creator of everything. Now, that means also resting. You know the verses, and again, I didn't want to get into a whole blown uh, till one o'clock this morning, this afternoon. But when God says, "Be still and know that I am God," that there was a whirlwind and an earthquake and all kinds of things, and God didn't talk through any of that; He talked in a still, small voice. That so often we are busied about, like Mary, cumber, I mean Martha, cumbered about with so many things that we couldn't just sit still for a minute and talk to our Jesus. God says, listen, I need you to rest for a little while. You can work yourself into an early grave. Take a step back and remember, I've already done everything that needs to be done. That's why Sabbath. 